following is a Journey into Comics Network production. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's the Podfather Nate here. You are listening to the Journey into Comics Network Best of the Week Highlight Show. This has got highlights from all shows across the network this week. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. Brandon, I'll tell you a funny story. Last night, about 9.30 my time, that's about 10.30 your time, I was in bed playing Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy, falling asleep, not able to finish it, calling it a night, shutting it off early. Uh, but I want to say the, the main reason I brought up the Telltale Guardians thing is because something in Chapter 4 happened that I predicted should happen in comic books back on Journey into Comics 172, Nerds of the Round Table 3, Okay. So in Nerds of the Roundtable 3, we had the conversation about cannabis and comic books and what does that do. And I, I had the funny thing of like, it'd be great if Groot was smoking weed and then like Groot is smoking a plant and he's a plant and I am Groot, you know, like real slow and whatnot. So I'm playing, I'm playing this Telltale game and at the end of Chapter 3 happens and then at the start of Chapter 4, you're falling and you and the Guardians end up falling in this cave-type place where you're in these spores. And all the Guardians are, like, coughing and getting sick. And you're like, ah, oh, you got to get out there. But Groot is sitting, like, almost Indian-style, just chilling. And he's just, like, breathing in all this pollen. And he's just, like, having a good time. Well, Quill's trying to talk to him. Quill's like, hey, man, um, I'm trying to find a way out of here. Like, we're, we're trapped. There's no, there's no wall. There's no holes. There's no... Where do we go? I don't know. Can you help me, Groot? And Groot's just like, I, I am, am Groot. <laughs> and he starts laughing. So Quill's like, you're you're acting weird, buddy. Like, wait, I know how to communicate with you. Let me try something. So Quill's like, okay, I am Groot. And Groot just starts laughing uncontrollably because, you know, Quill's saying something stupid to, to Groot and Groot knows it, but he's also high, so he has no <laughs> idea what's going on. It's great. It's so comedic. I laughed so hard at the fact that they did that to Groot because it just, it, it, it really made, it just made it really even funnier to me that he was the one that was all messed up and he only has such limited dialogue. So then sometimes he would be like, Am I Groot? <laughs> Groot, am I? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you can only do so much, you know. It's limited there, but uh, it's pretty fun, Brando. I'm looking to beat that hopefully by next weekend. So hopefully I'll have something to talk about on the next Journey into Comics as far as Telltale is concerned. Uh, I do really want to play the Batman series badly. I also want to really get down on the uh, Game of Thrones Telltale that happened. Did you beat that? that yes, yes, that was and, really good. Cool. It's different uh, because it's a story that takes place kind of in between season two and going in. No, wait. Three, it's the beginning of the game is the Red Wedding. So it's right at the end of season three and it goes into season four. Cool. Um, and you play as a bannerman for the Starks. So it's it's a much smaller family uh, known, known as the Foresters. It, but it does have some of the actors and characters from the show that kind of interact. Jon Snow, Cersei, um, Marjorie, uh, Tyrion, um, Ramsay Snow makes an appearance, um, and even Daenerys makes an appearance. Sweet. It's um, that that was really worth it. I. The only thing that was a negative to me about that was I actually had a moment where what I did messed up some like it messed up the sequence to the point where everybody who was important in that room died. Whoa. Like I was like it was literally like okay, so that one moment to me was like a red wedding thing to me. It was like duh duh duh. Duh, everybody. And then it said, you know, try again. I'm like, oh, I was kind of hoping wrong. that that's the. I was kind of no. 
I wasn't mad that I chose wrong. I was hoping that that was how it was going to end. Oh, that would have been hilarious. Because that was so Game of Thrones, where one one bad choice, one bad sentence, killed everybody in the room, good and bad. Nobody walked away from that whole thing alive. And, uh, of course, that's not the way it, it, it ends up playing out at all. Because when I replayed it again, like, literally nobody died. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But that, no, like, the game, they tried their best to to write a Game of Thrones type of story that would catch you off guard. And I feel like they relatively succeeded. Well, that's good. Um, the, the, the only bad thing is, is I don't know if we're going to see a season two. And they definitely leave it really open for there to be one. Well, that's good. I mean, it's there, but I don't know if we will. I mean, after all, there are rumors upon rumors of us getting a Bethesda-made Game of Thrones game. You know what? I just... I actually have some more comic book news that I totally forgot to tell you. That's actually crossover with video game news. Did you hear about this big conglomeration that happened, Brando? Uh, some dudes from Insomniac, some dudes from Visceral Games, and some dudes from another game company, Grasshopper, I don't think it was Grasshopper, somewhere else, are all coming together to make the ultimate Avengers game. It will be, from what I understand, this is going to be them attempting to bring the closest iteration of a story that's very much like your Arkham's in Avenger form, where you would play through multiple times and have multiple outcomes and endings based on who you play as. Okay, so is this the one that's being uh, published by Square? I Actually, I'm not sure. I just recently saw... Let me see if I can pull that up. I had it pulled up. and for Oh, wait, maybe I do have it pulled up. Is it right here? Oh no, that's the that's the pop news that we have about Avengers. We'll get into that in a minute too. Um, I need to go to video game stuff here. Uh, Worldwide gaming. Let's see. They talk some stuff about Hakusho Z Fighter, Denethys Riot, Nintendo. Come on, Avengers. This was yesterday, so I got to get to yesterday's news. Uh. I can't. Why does it always happen? I always talk about this, Brando. Every time you need something from the internet, it just does not deliver. That's why I bookmark. Typically I do, but for some reason I didn't think to save this announcement. And... Oh, okay, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Because, yeah, they might the, the release date for Spider-Man might have accidentally been leaked, too. I didn't click on that, though, but I did see it and somewhere around here was the news. I feel like if I just search Avengers, it'll come up, but <laughs> I'm like kind of a man on the mission now. You know how that goes, Brando. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'll fucking scroll and find it sometime. Republicans have been going after the Democrats for all the money they received from Harvey Weinstein the past few years for campaign contributions and legislation and all of that. Harvey Weinstein, for anyone who's been living under a rock for the past six months, is a big Hollywood producer from Miramax and the Weinstein Company who's put out a lot of movies who's had a rather large dossier of sexual assault allegations against him that have finally come to light and really kind of kicked off the this Me Too movement, which started back with uh, Bill Cosby. So now Steve Wynn, who, if anyone's ever been to Vegas, there's the Wynn Hotel and Casino. That's probably one of the biggest things. I didn't know who Steve Wynn was. I didn't know that was what the hotel was named, Hotel and Casino were named for at the time. But it's just really goes to show that no one is above what's happening in the world and the movement that it that we are in right now. Now he stepped, he stepped down, he resigned... The RNC chair accepted it, and Trump most likely was told about it before that time. And what's going to happen next is Trump and the RNC will most likely 
appoint someone with finance background who's also a friend of Trump, someone that checks all the boxes, someone that Trump won't outright hate right off the bat. And on speaking of job changes, for those of you who know, and I think I talked about it on a few episodes back, is that Omarosa, who has a long history with President Trump, she was a contestant in the early seasons of The Apprentice show that Trump did, I believe, on NBC. I could be completely wrong. During the campaign, she was an active supporter, and when he became president, she took on an advisory role. She stepped down around Christmas time to supposedly move on to bigger and better things. And it turns out those bigger and better things are, was actually to be on Celebrity Big Brother. Really, all this proves is that some people are meant to stay in reality TV, and I think President Trump could learn something from her. And moving on to business news, is there is two big mergers that have happened since the last episode. One is a $5.1 billion deal by Bacardi Limited. This deal is to acquire Patron. This will add to Bacardi's 200 brands, which include Bacardi Rum, Grey Goose Vodka, Dewar's Scotch Whiskey, in Bombay Sapphire Gin. This deal will make it the second biggest liquor company in the United States. Which is quite impressive feat. I did not know how far-reaching the Bacardi brand was. I didn't realize it dealt with Grey Goose. I'm assuming at one point in time, all of these companies were individual liquor producers, and then they all kind of just conglomerated to have a wider reach and distribution. So really, for most people, you can get all the liquor you'd want to have from Bacardi Limited now. Another thing that just came out the day I was recording was that Dr. Pepper, Snapple Group, is merging with Keurig Green Mountain to create a beverage giant with estimated $11 billion in annual revenue. Now, if you know, Dr. Pepper, Snapple Group produces, obviously, Dr. Pepper and Snapple, as well as 7-Up, A&W Root Beer, Mott's, Sunkist, and Hawaiian Punch. And Green Mountain Keurig, which in the name obviously includes... The Green Mountain Coffee Cup brand, as well as the Keurig Single Serve Coffee Makers and that whole distribution line, including all of the partners they have with like Dunkin' and Starbucks and all that to create those K-Cup. That's all through partnering with the company. This new company will now be called Keurig Dr. Pepper or KDP. Definitely not a fan of the name. I don't know. It's just kind of an odd name choice. We've seen... I don't know. I feel like Dr. Pepper should be in front, or maybe Dr. Pepper Group would maybe be better, since Dr. Pepper's probably the, the highest level entity in that, due to its wide reach. But Keurig Dr. Pepper just doesn't sound like a company name. It sounds like just listing two things you're going to get at the grocery store. But I'm assuming they're probably just going to call it KDP, and, well, more power to them. I'm still going to use my Keurig, and I'm still going to drink Dr. Pepper, so nothing's really going to change there. And I guess, really, both of these mergers involve a lot of beverage-based products, and some people probably mix Bacardi Rum and Dr. Pepper, so maybe one day they'll both merge and we'll have this super conglomerate alcohol drink beverage, including ability to put make mixed drinks using a K-cup, and who knows what we could have. And moving right along, back to tangential presidential news, with what came out recently was a very large price tag for two refrigerators. Now, Air Force awarded Boeing a $23.7 million contract to replace two chillers on Air Force One. Now, these aren't your typical refrigerators. They need to store 3,000 meals so the plant can function for weeks without resupply. The Air Force One needs to operate as a fully functional White House in the air for extended periods of time if there's ever any global or international disasters that prevent Air Force One from landing for any specific period of time. Red meat, we crave sustenance. Guys, we are not invading my aunt. very sick this weekend so Sarah and I decided to like have a super old school chill night and we watched uh, Creep Show which is one of my favorite Stephen King movies and Cat's Eye which is definitely one of my favorite Stephen King movies and surprisingly enough she hadn't seen either of them which is wow. really weird to me you know because she obviously she loved them and I knew she would have loved them but they were some of my favorites. Um, we've been watching a lot of Stephen King lately. 
So Cat's Eye features a young Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I think this is, yeah. you said the movie she did right after E.T.? Somewhere I don't know pretty if it was right after E.T., but it was after E.T. Okay. Is it before or after Firestarter? That's what I was going to ask. Um, I think it was around the same time. Cats, I... Let me look up when that came out. I think it was probably like 1982 or something like oh, that. That's what I was thinking, I don't too. know. 82 is when Creepshow came out. Let me look up. And, of course, see. with Creepshow, Stephen King is like one of the starring characters in this that he's also directing with George A. Romero. Cats, I came out in 1985. Oh, wow. So a little bit later even still. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, this is one of my favorite Stephen King movies. It's like an anthology, which I love. All these little vignettes of weird little stories that kind of coalesce together through a cat. And it's, oh, 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 um, that's Cat's Eye. Yeah. Okay. And then Creepshow is another, um, it's like a, a horror comic book come to life. Which is really cool because it actually has like comic book stuff that like the book opens and closes and actually becomes a comic and amidst the story. So it's inter- It's very interesting how they did that. I caught a little bit of it after Journey into Comics. And uh, v, that- uh, seeing your shirt just reminds me of Christine, which is also not a bad Stephen King movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing an Elvis shirt today. Maybe someday soon we should Some do an in shirt. tandem episode with Literature Pot. A literature podcast and do a Stephen King movie slash book episode oh, like all that. encompassing I've read a lot of his books I think that, that would be I mean I don't know if, if Joanna would be down for that but I well, think well we definitely need to have a Stephen King themed foodies watching movies oh, oh absolutely because there's so many good things I Actually, saw the new It oh what did you think I just thought it was pretty good. I, really? Did you guys like it? You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it yet. It's I, I went to go see it in theaters with my friend Bridget. Did you like I it? I liked it. Yeah, it's definitely not my favorite Stephen King adaptation. My favorite is probably always going to be The Mist. Mm. Ooh, that book was so sad. And this has been a Ooh. running theme in Foodies. You guys talking about The Mist and your and your love for that. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that was a sad book. What it was, was I gonna so say? scary. Uh, 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 Stephen King. Oh, recently I just saw that they're doing a sequel to The Shining. They already made the book. book Dr. Is fantastic. Sleep. You know what? I Did you read Dr. Sleep? I started reading Dr. Sleep when it came out, but then I got pregnant. Oh. And I put it down because I was having a hard time reading it, being emotional and hormonal and all it's that a, shit. It's a little dark. It's dark. So I put it down for a while, and then since I had my child four years ago, I've barely had any time to read. Mm. So I never finished it, but The Shining is my favorite Stephen King book. And I know, like, The Shining, um, the movie that Stanley Kubrick did, Stanley, or Steve Stanley, Stephen King didn't like it. Yeah. It's like infamously well, so you, hated I have, it. I have the uh, the miniseries that he made that's more true to the. Yeah, I, I saw I the miniseries. What was that? Stephen Weber who was in it or something yeah, like that. I haven't I haven't watched. I have it. It like, was unnecessarily long. Well, it's the what same. the Stephen King miniseries of The Shining that he produced? See, I love Stephen was that King. Sci-fi. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I feel like well, it had Portia de Rossi in it. Well, yeah, the, uh, something like that. I well, don't this it miniseries was good. I didn't see that with Tim Curry. You didn't see that with Tim Curry, with John, John Ritter and Tim Curry? Yeah, you didn't see what? that? You know, yeah. The, the original Pennywise. That was, yeah. the, that was a miniseries. It was too, it was like. It was like, it was like basically like. Oh, yeah, like, I've seen like, that. It was like obviously. three and a half hours long. Yeah. But they, yeah. But they broke it up. I remember area. we had it. It was on VHS and it was two tapes. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. the kids and adults. Cause, Interesting. Yeah. I also saw the Gunslinger recently, too. I didn't see that. The Dark Tower. The Dark Tower, not the Gunslinger. I really liked uh, that Netflix show with James Franco in it. Uh, oh, 11. 11 That was actually the my first Stephen King book that like, really? got me into his back. Because I liked I really story. liked that show. I thought it, we were really into it. We binge watched it and finished it in like a weekend. Wait, what? It's about the, um, this man who tries to go back in time, or he goes back in time um, to stop the Kennedy assassination. And history, like the universe is like, or time itself is like trying to stop him from preventing, from changing the future, essentially. Because he thought, he was, whatever, it was really good. I I still, (laughs) you would like it. I haven't finished the series. It's on Hulu. Oh, Hulu, not Netflix, sorry. Yeah, you should watch, if you have Hulu, you should watch it. But I read the book and it's a, it was a great read. It was also historic, well, beyond the adjusting, it was very historically accurate for what was going on at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. They're finally turning Mad Adam into a trilo- that trilogy of books by Margaret Atwood. I don't know if you've ever read anything by her. Uh-uh. She did Alias Grace, and she did The Handmaid's Tale. Though well, One's on Hulu, one's on Netflix. Well, probably The Handmaid's Tale, all that publicity from it's probably what's leading to a lot of Margaret Atwood stuff getting adapted. Yeah. I'm so excited for that to come out. 
Um, I'm not sure where it's going to be adapted yet. It was originally supposed to be adapted by Darren Aronfonsky. He did Requiem for a Dream. Black Swan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see Mother because I saw. I was Mother. told not it was to. Fucked up. I heard. Mother, I heard a lot of people hated Mother, but I heard it's just because it's a really weird allegory for. I heard it was a little messed up, and people who didn't get it didn't like it, and it's hard to grasp. I guess the concepts they were doing. I mean, I could see that, but at the same time, like it, it was very straightforward to me, like in its themes. So I think I'm gonna have to give it a. Were, were you guys talking about eleven twenty two sixty three? Yeah, I fucking love that show. You should read the Not book. Not to cut in, I haven't read the book yet. I, I have the book. I can it's a big book. Though. I don't know. Is, and 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 to just jump back to, I, I'm like catching all these different themes that happened because I had to kick the cat out because she was just being. You guys probably stepped just, away. Yeah, she was a little obnoxious there. But I wasn't uh, hearing her. On the oh well, that's good. I feel bad now that I kicked her out, but uh, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um, but is the is the Handmaiden's Tale really sad? Is it like a bummer? Because I have, I, 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 as I'm getting older, I'm learning that I cannot emotionally deal with bummer flicks or shows, for that matter. If it's like a really a downer, man, I have a hard time wanting to buy in. Um, kind of. In some ways, it is, okay. but in other ways, it can be very uplifting and, and hopeful, depending on how you look at it. Okay, good. Because I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit later here. That kind of exactly how you described Handmaiden's Tale. Hand, is that right? Handmaids. Handmaids, not Maiden. Handmaid. Handmaid's Tale uh, is kind of how I saw um, I, Tanya. And we'll get into that when we're talking about the Oscar right. nods. But, uh, and I guess moving up, I want to, I know we talked about this off air, The uh, my recommendation for, all, cause I told you I was going to throw out the rec for this week. Oh, yeah. You want these guys to see it. I think I can, I think I have access to this, by the awesome. way. So. so I want all of you guys to see The Big Sick. It's a fantastic movie. I've seen it twice now because it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, cool. What's it about? Uh, it's a, the true story of uh, Kumal Nanjiani. He's, the, he's an actor and a comedian. He did Silicon Valley. It's, it's the story of him and how he, how he met his wife and his wife's uh, ailment that she got. She was in the hospital for part of it. Holly Hunter's in it and Ray Romano. It's a really good movie. Hmm. Uh, Judd Apatow produced it. it uh, Typically, I like Judd Apatow stuff. It's a... Uh, there's some sad parts of the movie, but overall, it's pretty good, pretty happy movie. V, do you remember that episode of Broad City where they're trying to get the air conditioner, yeah. and they go to that dude who's moving, and he's doing the Amer- the the great race or whatever. What yeah, he's recording himself. With That's the, GoPro. the guy that wrote and directed this about his wife, the big sick. That's that dude. Oh, okay. So just you, breath, because I I he saw you. Pretty sh- funny. Yeah. yeah. So and it's it's kind of um, I don't want to compare it to funny people because they're very different movies, but it's. Kind of the feel of funny because they do like bits and pieces where like because he's a comedian so there's like bits where he's like performing his stand up and like backstage stuff is incorporated into that movie so I really encourage it's not a super long movie but it's really good so that's, that's my rec and that's also an Academy. Oscar nom it's an Oscar nom for best original screenplay oh excellent excellent cool uh, so we talked about what you recently watched V which was some Stephen King and stuff. Mm-hmm. AP, what about you? Other than recommending The Big Sick, is there anything um, else you've been watching? I talked a little bit while you were out of the room with, uh, I saw It and um, The Dark Tower. Oh, what did you think of Dark Tower? It. If you Did you already elaborate earlier? Not particularly. Okay. It's just, I haven't read the, uh, the Gunslinger series or the Dark Tower series mm-hmm. by Stephen King, but I know this movie is not... A, it's more of a loosely adapted than like a, a a straight adaption of any of the books, or it's just like it's a relation to the story, but it's its own entity. But it wasn't terrible. But I feel okay. like they could have done. More. It was also very short. It could have easily been another half hour oh, for me. Interesting. But I saw that, and I with movies. I think the movie I saw that's also a best picture nom was uh, the Post. I want to see very that. timely film. So much stuff is a is a subtle jab at the current White House and administration and a lot of Nixon comparisons. So Interesting. Yeah, it it's definitely worth a watch. It's Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, and Meryl Streep, which you really can't go wrong with that. Yeah, wow. how can you lose? I mean... That's like a home run stacked cast. Right, and a John Jeez. Williams score. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, for sure. Lauren, what about you? Anything? Watch anything good? Mm. Nope. The only thing I recently watched was... 
The Descent. You know who else liked ethnic cleansing? Hitler. Oh, that is way too fucking real. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> My God. You know who else liked menstrual rage? Hitler. <laughs> That's gross. Really? You know who? <laughs> you know who else liked tentacle porn? Hitler. No I don't blame him on that one. You know who wow. else liked the devil himself? Hitler. Why did you look at me when you said that? <laughs> You know what you did. I do? You fucking Aryan <laughs> bastard over oh, there. That's right. Do you have blue eyes? I can't remember. You have... I do, Oh, yes. you son of a bitch. Yeah. You blonde-haired, blue-eyed son of a bitch. Dreamy son of a bitch. You know who else liked the KKK? Hitler! Also pretty fucking real. Oh, man. Okay, so... Well, the devil himself and hit in the KKK are out because that's just too easy. Fuck. Uh, ethnic cleansing is quite funny to me. Uh, menstrual rage, also quite funny, and tentacle porn. Just all those fit so well. Um, let's go with uh, menstrual rage. Bring it on over. Oh, really? It goes wins. to the girlfriend. It goes to the girlfriend. Shocking. Because we know people. <laughs> Fucking tentacle porn. She, I I'm sorry. Hitler me. teamed up with Japan. I'm talking about Hitler and Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanna have. This dick? <laughs> <laughs> Is it offensive? Maybe. I hope so. Oh, Trade you. I really hope you get this. We'll see. I actually I need a card. nothing for this. Thank you. You're welcome. Nothing. Nothing. <sighs> Girls just want to have the invisible hand. <laughs> Girls just want to have shiny objects. I don't blame them on that one. Girls just want to have the heart of a child. <laughs> the literal heart of a child or the like heart, figurative? Depends, the heart, on the the <laughs> Depends on the woman. Depends on the woman. Girls just want to have however much the $20 can buy. That's called a 20 bag. You don't get much with that. Girls <laughs> just want to have a disappointing birthday party. <laughs> I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Thank you, the movie Sixteen Candles. Shiny objects. You're goddamn skippy. Ha! Boom. I don't know what you had, but... But... Clearly, I don't know. I had the invisible hand. Oh. Fuck. I knew it. The moment she said I knew that was yours. Shut up. (laughs) So goddamn I really wish you were funny. So do I. (laughs) So do my parents. It's okay. All right, so art isn't just a painting in a stuffy museum. Art is alive. Art is blank. I'm going to go actual here. Oh, same. Same, completely actual. I really hope I win, guys. That way I can dab like a motherfucker. <laughs> Me too. Alright. Oh boy. <laughs> dab, 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 dab. Oh dab, boy. Alright. Art is alive. Art is Shaquille O'Neal's acting career. <laughs> hey, because Aim's a good ass movie. Hey, man. <laughs> Art is Steel. breaking out into song and dance. Mm. Art <laughs> is Miley Cyrus at 55. <laughs> Art. Accurate. I'm gonna say that one for last. Art is a lifetime of sadness, <laughs> and art is racism. Art is a art, the lifetime of sadness. That's way too fucking real. <laughs> I just think of uh, Arrested Development and how every like scene they're just like, "Hello, darkness, my old friend." <laughs> <laughs> All right, I am going to go with breaking out in a song and dance. Ah, champion. Good. Wait, what be dabbing like a mofo. Also, don't put that fucking hat back on. I gotta Thank say, you. I gotta really say, it's it's a blast having like 
all of my friends. Like my some of my OG all. means three. Oh, Somebody man. notify Webster's. Three. Have them have them change that in the dictionaries. A lot a lot of my OG friends. That, a lot that implies a majority. Yeah, that means he has at most five friends. I'd go with four. Five OG friends. Okay, and three of them are here. So I, I'm really glad to have all you guys on my podcast. Also, the Pacers lost to the Lakers. <sighs> nobody cares. MVP, nobody cares about sports on hey, my podcast. Talk. Okay, that's yeah. Fun. We're having fun. Hey, uh, remember who do you think is gonna make the Super Bowl? Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Patriots. Yeah. Probably the Patriots. Damn it. Wait, probably what? the Patriots. What the Patriots? They're probably gonna make the fucking Super Bowl. No. No. Saxonville so all day. Patriots fans in this room right Jalen now. Ramsey. Get out of here. AJ Bouye. No way, uh, Clance Campbell. <laughs> You're not Patriots. Malik Jackson. I thought you were. You're fucking boy. Miles Jack. That's right. You're a Colts fan. I'll keep going. No. You're <laughs> oh, what are you? <laughs> oh, oh my God. Scoot. What is he? Scoot. I actually I have to tell you this. I'm being crazy. This. I like, don't hate me. No, I just want you to. I just I, want you to realize that I got called a fucking Colts fan. Oh, I know. I heard it. I want you to realize. So I have to tell you, and I'm sorry, like because you're such a friend of mine. Colts fan. But from now on. Every time I hear that Dallas is playing, I, I have to like pray for them to lose. You're a Colts fan. I feel bad for you. That's true. I do too. There's a guy at the bar I used to work at. We called him Golf Mike. Mike, if you're listening, fuck yourself. Um, he was the world's biggest Cowboys fan, and he was the most unbearable person I've ever met in my life. So. I can't ever hope for a Cowboys victory again. I don't either. I'm. <laughs> I get them draft picks, baby. That was gonna say jump ship coming to Baltimore. We we we'll welcome you. I okay. actually want Warners. Well, we didn't make a playoffs either, but so do I. Hey. Thanks, Andy Dalton. Always need a New England fan. All right, I'm if glad you we had a sports ball moment. <laughs> Matt, oh, read somebody your feel left out. Card. All right. <laughs> Matt, he's just he's just salty about Atlanta losing to a back No, I knew they Nichols. sucked this season. You know the Colts are picking up a Patriots coach. Yeah, they might actually win. Josh McDaniels. Season. It's yeah. okay. He was a shitty coach Damn in Denver, so yeah, that's very I'm not holding my breath in Indy. I mean, well, that's, yeah, yeah, that's probably true, but. And he doesn't have Tebow. Read. <laughs> we need Tebow. All right. Ready? Jacoby Brissett. We have run, run, as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm blank. No, Mitch. I really hope that says adopted. <laughs> is it black? <laughs> or that. <laughs> I mean, aren't they synonymous? Generally. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, your card or mine? That's yours. Okay. <laughs> Has everybody Easy. got their card down? Yes. Shut up. You piece of shit. You're rude too. <laughs> this is a lot of negativity. <laughs> it happens. We need the power of positivity. I'll show you. Run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm the little engine that could. Wow. <laughs> Accurate. Run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm a sassy black woman. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just got like a fucking image of like... <laughs> run, run as fast as you can. Can't catch me. I'm the rhythms of Africa. Ooh, that got way too I real. just think of Toto. Yeah. That's a good song. I like that. It is. Uh, run around as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm Lance Armstrong's missing testicle. <laughs> <laughs> Just rode away on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that was fast. Damn. That's seven tours of France fast, baby. Have you Have you guys seen uh the? I'm trying the, to read the card here. Sorry, I gotta interject here. The, uh, tour de Pharmacy with Andy Samberg, John Cena, uh, basically all the Lonely Island guys. Dude, it's like 45 minutes long and it's like a mockumentary and it's absolutely hilarious. It it's like a mockumentary that takes place in like the 80s or If you whatever. want a good mockumentary, watch American Vandal on Netflix. Uh, Dude, yes. I love American Vandal. We talked about Jimmy that. Jimmy Tatro. Yeah. Uh, very, MVP. Very MVP. early yeah. in Podcastrophy, we, we discussed uh, American Vandal. Holy shit. Wow. It's good, man. That show. <laughs> All right. Run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm a super soaker full of cat pee. Oh, shit. That one kind of rhymes, so I kind of like it. I like it, too. Witty. 
but the winner is a sassy black woman. Good luck. some news we got some news uh let's just kick it off with the whole bioware thing because you didn't know about this no i brought this up to you and anthem got delayed from late 2018 into early 2019 yes so there's that um now there's a good thing with that with ea because that is still within their fiscal year so whether or not that game releases in the fall or the spring, as long as it's before the end of their fiscal calendar, right? It's still going to go uh, all the all like all the sales and marks on that that are going to come out on the earliest part of that will still be, uh, you know, reflected. Now, here's the kicker. From what I'm hearing, this the the future of Bioware is so solely dependent on the success of this game. And what I mean by success, I mean by EA standard. But the thing is, is like when you look at EA standards, their standards suck. But they also like, they put stuff too high on a pedestal. Okay. So mass effect Andromeda came out last year. Right. And it sold about three to 4 million copies. That's not bad. Pretty good. They wanted way more than that. They wanted over 10 at least. Probably. And you know, so like this, that game has its problems. Okay, that uh, and somebody asked me yesterday when I was buying those pops, they're like, "What? what, Was there something wrong with that game?" Because it's like it seems like that game came out, and then we just hung on to like all this merch and didn't really move a lot of it. And I'm just like, it disappointed people. Yeah, but as a Mass Effect diehard fan, having played and finished that game. It's not nearly as bad as what people say it is. Right. The worst part of that game is that first 10 hours. And that is the, like, that's where you lose people. First 10 hours. Man, that's kind of what was playable in the EA Access, early Access that got released. was like, here's the worst part of the game. See, and that's something that is almost now you have, that first 10 hours has to be, you know, your grip. And then in the middle, it can kind of be slow and maybe lacking a little bit, but the end has to obviously well, be good. Uh, with Andromeda, it was the it was the new play style with the open worlds. Yeah, that's what was the really the drag down because they were trying to make these big open world explorable planets for you to be able to go. Like they wanted to bring back that that feeling from Mass Effect One, where like you felt like you could go anywhere and do anything, even though you couldn't. Right, you were a space explorer, and they wanted to do that, but now they made that map so big and made your time there so long that you lost people in the process. And also um, with Bioware, so like Anthem has been in development since 2012. Yeah, they and basically what they said is that for a long time that game sat. That game idea sat at a certain stage of purgatory because they didn't know exactly how to do it. And now that, you know, obviously in the last few years that Destiny has come out and and kind of paved that way for a live multiplayer experience in right. the game. Um, now you have almost like your framework. Oh, okay. Let's, they do this. It's like, well, how can we make that for a game that we're making? Right. Let's look at that for inspiration, but let, let, let's do our own thing. So that's what they're doing with Anthem. And, of course, now, like, Bioware has been slimmed down to basically one team. There are two teams, but most of the team is working on this. And there's a much, very much smaller team that's working on the next Dragon Age game. But that game is still in uh, conceptualization because it's been completely rebooted from the ground up. And the idea of what that game is going to be, that they have said it, that will be a, quote, live game, just much yeah. like Anthem. However, they said they, that the game will focus solely on story and characters. Um, I don't know how they're going to mix the two. It's, it's going to be difficult. However, uh, we may not even get there depending on how Anthem does. They do plan on having a beta for Anthem, early access for Anthem, and doing this big thing. Uh, it could come out, and, and it could be the second coming of Bioware. It could come out, and it could be lackluster, but okay. 
I think anything other than a blowout is going to be a disappointment to EA. Yep. And they're going to see this as the potential window to shut down or do something with Bioware, and it could be their fault. I'm really worried about it because I... And I talked about this with Tyler, or with, with like with our friend Tyler, and he goes, "Just imagine how different the world would be if someone else bought Bioware and not EA." And uh, he he asked, "If anybody else could do it, who do you want to see do it?" And I said, "Microsoft." Yeah, because Microsoft teamed with them with on the Kotar, with Jade Empire, and on Mass Effect. Give it, it back al- to him. It's almost a no. Well, I mean, and, and, and they didn't even own Bioware. They just said, "Hey, we'll help you uh, get this thing published." Right. But it, but it'll be exclusive console wise to, to the Xbox. Having Bioware be exclusive to Xbox would be a reason to buy an Xbox. Yes. It, meanwhile, you you let them have the creative freedom to make the game that they want. And don't rush it. Yeah, don't rush it. But, like, can you imagine? If all the Dragon Age games and all the Mass Effect games were exclusive to the 360. Yeah. When you're looking at exclusives for that era, 360 PS3. Over here, you what? You got Gears, Forza, Halo. Fable. Okay. Yeah. Over here, you got Uncharted, The Last of Us, Gran Turismo. Um, uh, 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 God of War. God of War. Uh, you know, Little Big Planet. Yeah. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg. Right. Because then you got all, then you got all the smaller ones, and meanwhile, all the exclusives over here started like, well, they made like four Gears of War games on that damn thing. Fable, they ruined it. Uh, yeah, Halo, Bungie's not making that game anymore, and then they got Forza. All right. Um, well, if you add, oh, also for uh, uh, for the for over here, um, you had uh, like RPGs like White Knight Chronicles. And uh, the first Demon Souls, Blue Dragon. Uh, well, no, Blue Dragon actually was on the Xbox. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, Blue, uh, Blue Dragon and on one. Uh, Blue Dragon and uh, blah 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 the other one, Lost Odyssey. Lost Odyssey. Yep. But, They're all right there. <laughs> but if you had Bioware, the Mass Effect trilogy, the two Dragon Age games, or actually even Inquisitions on the 360. Yeah. And then you go forward, and it's like the, you can only bind these games; these are exclusive to Microsoft. And now, when you're looking at exclusives, like the PlayStation has so much more to offer than the Xbox. Yep. Now the Xbox has back backwards compatibility. It has for you know better 4K experience. There's there are plus sides to getting an Xbox, but it, if you don't care about the 4K, and a lot of people don't right now, like some people are making that jump up, but not everybody is yet. Right. You can play all your, all your awesome third party games and the better first party experience. On the PlayStation. Yep. So, I, 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 that's a pipe dream that I, when it, when he said that, I, I went instantly to Microsoft. I'm like, there's nobody else. Like, if EA didn't own Bioware, Bioware should be with Microsoft and should be helping to elevate them. Look at, look at EA standings here. Battlefront. It's flopped. The reboot of it, it's flopped. So I'm thinking EA's looking at, they haven't really put out anything great in a while. I mean, name name one great game that's come back come out in the past four years. Um, but the only one that I can think of would be that would be even close. And 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 this is from me. Uh, that'd be Battlefield One. Yep, that's the only thing that I can think of that's came out that's been like, oh, this is awesome. A lot of people are like Battlefront. We're super excited. Here's the beta. It sucks. Yeah. Okay. Never really. Uh, and then here's recovered. Battlefront Two. All right, we're super excited. Oh, you can't get a single character without buying them. So you have to invest like five or six hundred dollars to get what you want. F you. That's right. what people are like. F you. I'm not spending at the time when it came out, it was like fifty or sixty or something ridiculous, like five or six months to unlock everything of consistent gameplay. Yep. That's insane. I get EA's trying to get off that, you know, hey, we can buy stuff. You know, here here's the the the, the packs. I mean, Mass Effect kinda started that and then Dragon Age incorporated that. But But it was different because it was co op play. Right. It and wasn't like, in main And the game was balanced enough to where you could play on the hardest difficulty with the weakest stuff. Yep. And still do it if you were good enough. Right. Um or like if me and you were playing together and you had better stuff than me. 
Like you might get higher points than me and get and get, and get some more kills, but it's not like I won't be accomplishing anything. Right. So, and that's where these, when you have the, like when you incorporate that into PVP and you get somebody who has, who has spent $500, gets way better stuff than you. And right. All of a sudden they're just stomping the floor with you and it's competitive. Yep. You know, it, that, that's where it's messed up. Yes. They really, they really messed up in that department, but I mean, all I see now, if I watch Hulu, that's it. That's all I see is commercials for Battlefront 2, Battlefront 2, Battlefront 2. It's like, huh, I wonder if you can't get the sales that you want. Stone to Google. Hey, Twitter. <laughs> Can you like, hey, Siri, that? <laughs> hey, Twitter. <laughs> My toddler tries to, hey, Siri, all the time. Um, but he can't quite get, because I pretty much only ask her what the weather is like, because I don't want to have to type it into weather.com. And I don't like having the app on my phone because it will remind you every time lightning strikes near you and it's very annoying yeah even like i turned off notifications and it was still like hey there's lightning like every 30 seconds and i just got really (laughs) sick of it so i deleted the app hey did you know Uh, there's lightning right (laughs) so i've I've got like um what the forecast or something like that Uh, i love that one and then i just (laughs) asked siri what the weather's like and she'll tell me Um, so Wyatt now goes, hey, Siri, da 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 like. I almost choked on my water. I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize you were drinking. <laughs> but yeah, and he, he sounds ridiculous, but so adorable because he's like, He's in that phase where he just wants to copy everything. And he does. He's a complete parrot. Which is evident by the amount of times that he says fuck in a day. Um, But yeah. He talks to Siri and it's quite adorable. Not gonna lie. Wasn't he repeating words in Disjointed season two? Ah, yes. And I um, was not allowed to watch it while he was awake. (laughs) I had to like only watch it when he was taking a nap or down for the night because he would just repeat everything that they said olivia's shit balls <laughs> yeah when i was watching i can't remember if he actually said what he kept saying other than curse words when i watched it i'm like please be olivia's shit balls like, <laughs> please let that be it oh <clears throat> yes but I, that they say that so much and like that guy with the hat and the braids mm-hmm. oh he annoyed the fuck out of me just oh wanted to punch him i think i still have a couple episodes left um, i'm at the old guy oh okay yeah, then yeah yeah they just got done smoking in the bathroom at the fancy sushi restaurant and i'm so sad that they left all that sushi because i would have gladly eaten a part of it and then <laughs> been really full and saved the rest <laughs> a small portion of it <laughs> I think the last time we got sushi, you ate, like, what, three pieces? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and I'm full. I did that the other day. We got sushi, and I got that, the one with the avocado on top. Oh, yeah? hmm And I was like, okay, well, we'll just get a second roll. <laughs> and I had leftovers for, like, two days. <laughs> the last time I got sushi, it was just not good. So I'm, like, turned off. Really? <laughs> Really? Did you hear that? Yeah. Did he fart? Yes, he did. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Brandon came home from work, and I was just going to take his car or to come over here because uh, we have a single file driveway, and it's a pain in the butt to try and get my car out if his is behind me. <laughs> He's like, wait, I don't have to do anything? <laughs> um, and he was like, fair warning, you might want to air the car out. Because I farted <laughs> right before I got out. And it was like an hour later that I left. And 
um, I go out to the car and I open the door and I'm like, great. <laughs> oh, God. And so I texted him. I was like, you were right. It's Fart City. He goes, at least I warned you. I told him his car always smells like farts, though. Because it does. I mean, those are some intense farts. Because an hour? Yeah, well, I mean, in a shut and, like, completely tight car. He goes, spray some Axe. And I was like, are you trying to kill me? <laughs> the Axe is so strong, it would, like, coat my lungs. <laughs> That's all you'd smell for the rest of the day. And I'm like, you're 30 years old. Why are you wearing Axe? Wait, how old is he? <laughs> he was born in 86 so <clears throat> i think he's 30 he'll be 31 this year i can't math let's to it's the phone 2018 wouldn't he be 19 mike was 86. in 85 he's gonna be 32 this year so he's 31 i'm sorry honey there was a uh, one point in our lives that i was talking on the phone to the bank and mm-hmm. they asked for his birth date yeah and I told them my friend Hannah's birthday, which is one day before Brandon's. Um, and he's screaming at me from the other room. That's not my birthday. <laughs> I was like, it's like, I remember your social security number. So you don't have to. You can give me the birthday. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember his social security number better than I remember my own. Because I use it more often. I guess that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Look at this face. He is pathetic. He's just begging. Yeah. Licking his lips. I I know I just got a treat for not doing anything, but could I have another? For not doing anything? (laughs) For sitting here and looking cute. Not even sitting, just standing there. Oh, is he? Yeah. (laughs) Tilting his head. That's all he's doing. I can only see his head. Oh. Like, your jacket blocks his body. So I was like, oh. Every time that I think I am over this sickness, I'm just like, mm, so congested. So congested. <laughs> I am the mucus monster from the Mucinex commercial. <laughs> it's disgusting. So we have something to rant about today. Yes, we do. I need to take another hit before I rant about it. I agree. <laughs> you go, and then I'll go. Yeah. Oh, that French inhale, baby. <laughs> Joanna's trying to learn how to blow O's. It's not going super well. Yeah, I'm not going to do it on the microphone unless (laughs) you don't want to hear us talk for 10 more minutes. (coughs) Okay. Now you're going with your really awesome bowl. Packed with all the good stuff. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is like the keefiest weed I have ever had in my life. Like, there is so much. I'll have to post it on the Instagram, but there is so much in my little grinder. And I've only gone through a quarter. And not even all of it was ground up in my grinder, so. It's pretty awesome. Pretty good. Uh, so. Yes. Back to metal knitting. <laughs> Let's see. So. You know, I sell chain mail. Yes. Jewelry. So far, I haven't sold any of the inlays or anything like that. But I posted the 25-inch chain I made that took over a thousand rings of all stainless steel. That Which someone is hardcore. Yeah, I actually have it here with me. If you'd like to feel how heavy this thing is. Ooh, wow. That's got a very nice weight to it. And it's beautiful. But yeah. That one is paid for, you know, because someone was willing to pay the right amount of money, which is 120. <laughs> is this Byzantine? Mm-hmm. See, I am learning some things. <laughs> That's really pretty. Thank you. I love that weave. I like that too, but yes. it is, it gets boring after a while because yeah. everyone really loves it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just, it looks like chain mail, you yeah. know what I mean? But yeah, so I posted a picture of this because I might as well have it now, get a picture of it so everyone knows what I can do. Yeah. Because I'm not going to make one just because, because stainless steel sucks. So 
I had a guy that he added me on Facebook. We had mutual friends. I figured, why the fuck not? I didn't talk to anyone in school, so a lot of people know who I am, and I didn't fucking pay attention to anybody. (laughs) I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. So I accepted it, and it's been a few weeks. Uh You know, there was absolutely nothing, no contact, just the friend request, and that was it. You know, because I don't say anything. See, I'm not the type of person, like, just because we have mutual friends, I'm not going to add you. Like, if I don't want you on my friends list, I'm just not going to add you. And, like, I don't want many people on my friends list. I'm not all that concerned. I mean, I still don't have a lot of people on my friends list. It's It's quite small. It's very small. But, (laughs) you know, I just don't give a shit. It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. That was a really cool experience. He's been in at least one other time, and and I wanted to say something, but it's almost like, I mean, this is going to sound weird, like kind of like celebrity fever. You know, you don't want to walk up to one of your favorite musicians and just gush about how much you fucking, you know, you don't want to be oh, yeah. that. You don't want to be that you guy. You don't want to be that fanboy that they're like, yeah, yeah, hey, thanks. I get this all the time. And then... So I was hoping that we would, we got the perfect subtle moment where you could just be like, hey, by the way, your beer's fucking good, dude. Good right. fucking beer, dude. You, you, make some, you make some good fucking beer. It really did help how he talk to us first. and like, They were super sociable. Like Reached like, out to the whole, oh, hey, you're a metalhead. So am I. Yep. Great. Absolutely. Great That's why I you. love wearing my patch jacket. Yeah, because it's even, just it's just a conversation starter. Yeah. People are just like, "Oh shit!" Like, like, this is the shit you like. You're just you're just displaying it for everyone to see. So, uh, yeah. And then on the way out, after we sampled his beer, I uh, I made the joke about what has metalhead being a metalhead ever done for you? Well, it opened up social lanes, and it's gotten me to meet people I never probably would have met before and absolutely found channels that normally I wouldn't have gotten of if I wasn't walking around wearing metal patches and being a metalhead. I think Jess brought it up the other day. She was talking to one of one of her friends and they brought something up. Um maybe something about bowling or something and Jess is just like, Oh Nick knows Nick knows a guy that owns a bowling alley and Apparently, she'd done this kind of thing a couple different times, and they finally made the comment like, damn, Nick just Nick just knows everybody, doesn't he? And it's like, and she said, well, if he doesn't yet, he probably will soon. And it started with metal. You know, metal yeah. was just the thing that, like, you know, that's what got me in with people like OMFC and the Lafayette Theater is like, they weren't necessarily into metal, but... I found a way for it to be an approachable thing for people that normally wouldn't have done it. So. Oh yeah, definitely. And yeah, I think I think old boy's girlfriend said it. You know, she was like, "There are perks to being friends with the brewer." You know, like, and by friends, it's like we've been talking for three minutes, and all we really talked about was how much we love metal. You know, mm-hmm. so that's the number one bonding thing that that I found. Um, in the past couple of years, aside from beer, people love talking about beer. People love, you know, if you like, if you like good beer, then you like talking about the stuff that you like. And um, right now, I'm much better at talking about metal. I could tell you about 20 different subgenres of metal, um, but I don't know if I could quite yet tell you about 20 different subgenres of beer. Not yet. Not yet. We're almost there, though. We're trying. We're, We're working, working on, on it. it. That's what. Uh, that's what this show is. This is the exploration. So, uh, thank the, you, everybody uh, that's listening right now. We're 22 minutes into our journey into beer. Our journey into beer. <laughs> this is episode 15 or 16. We've been doing this for a minute. We've been having some fun. Uh, I just got word. This is pretty damn cool. That uh, one of our last episodes, I believe episode 12, was the first episode on the journey into comics network that has had over a hundred downloads um 
and I'm proud as fuck of us, but but uh, I, I want to point out how crazy it is because mm-hmm. um, because they've had I think Journey into Comics themselves are on episode one sixty or seventy like seventy four yeah they're just they're, they're, they're bossing through it and um <laughs> they've been doing it for a while I just four years I'm very um four no not four years is it yeah four years if wow. it's a, if it's an episode. If it's an episode a week, then it's at least, at least three years, if not, yeah. if not more. So four years. If there were no no bye weeks, um, but but all that being said, I want I wanted to take the time to thank everybody for, for liking us and for sharing our page. Um, I mean statistics are it, it's right there. It says it. Yeah, we we got people listening to us, and we really appreciate it. Um. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to try to do more fun things. I believe by the time this episode has come out, you will have already listened to our first Tap Takeover edition. Um, that's another thing that we're working on, uh, working down at Jerry Lee's. We just talked to the gentleman at 450 North Brewing oh, in boy. Columbus. Um, it was funny. I talked to uh, one of the bartenders and asked about the distribution guy or the marketing guy and um, kind of told her, you know, I laid down the credentials I'm into beer, like beer, brew beer, brew podcast. And the guy walks out and he sees us and he goes, huh? Oh, it's these guys. Cause he recognized us. Cause it's the, the same guy that's always standing there selling the beer. And we're all, we talk with him, joke with him, laugh uh-huh. with him. So when he walks out and sees us, he's like, holy shit, you guys, you're the ones that are, that are all about it. So um, he said that they, you know, they've got some stuff in liquor stores around here. There's a, there's two bars that have something of theirs on tap. And I said, we're trying to, we're trying to help our friend turn his bar into a, a spot for craft beer, you know, like mm-hmm. they'll have everything you want, but you can also anticipate there being something that you haven't tried yet. So we, we did it with the Rheingeist. Um, we did. Uh, Austin and I and Brett and Zach, a bunch of the guys from from the show regularly, went down there for pinball league, and they still had some beer from the takeover. From the takeover, so we got the sweet tart. Um, he said he said we've got a little bit of the sweet tart left, and when we're done with it, we're gonna put the Andromeda. And I fucking love the Andromeda, so I was like, so good. Fill pitchers, <laughs> fill the pitchers with the sweet tart until it's empty. So we got two. Luckily, his group of people his wife and friends they love the sweet tart so they took one and we took one well then we got the andromeda and started blending we put a little bit of the sweet tart in with the andromeda i actually did it with my anti-hero too it was phenomenal this whole blending very good it's easier to do i think with sours you know because it's easy i I can see that it's easy to pick a uh, it's easy to pick a um, an IPA or something that that's got a uh, open enough uh, profile that you could throw something in to add a little bit of flavor. Goodness gracious, I'm talking a lot. Let's <laughs> jump right into this next one. This is the Blizzard of Haze from 450. Cheers, boys. Ah, juicy. <laughs> Very yeah. juicy. Very smooth. That's real good. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Extremely let me, smooth. Let me see if I can read something up about this on the can. Ascertain some information about this beautiful beer. I'll, I'll say while he's looking, it's the most plain can we've <laughs> ever seen. But it's so plain, it's cool. Like, it's it's all white with a... It's an all-white label with a... Uh, silver outline of the letters with the letters actually being a little bit of a brighter white on the can and that's it and yeah. all it's the, a blizzard i like it and it's and it just works so well with the blizzard of haze and it gives you that whole feel on the can they it's, it's kinda, very if, if you couldn't guess it is hazy um it's very hazy you can't see through it it's juicy but it's not it's not too bitter I believe they said it's somewhere around six five six point six. Okay, so, um, yeah, and 
if I had to take a, a guess with the IBUs, I mean, it's no more than 50. It's it's not bad at all. I'm really digging this. Uh, dig when it. we when we went up, uh, I got I got a case of this, and then this is not a case of it. I got a six pack, four pack. I got some of it. God damn, more than one. Um, and then that was the beer that we tried there. Um, we decided for once we weren't going to eat because we didn't have time, so we just we just snagged a beer. Um, but I, that's what I tried because I've tried pretty much everything else at this point that they've got. Um, yeah, we've made a very solid debt in their beer list. Oh yeah, and it's it is a great it's, list. It's more than a debt. Maybe there might be like a few crumbs left at the bottom of that sandwich bag, but 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 not much. The meal I thought itself about the, has been very tasty. <laughs> I yeah. thought about the cow tipper, the milk oh. stout. I really I really like the cow tipper. I mm-hmm. like that some of the milk stouts that I've had lately have excellent names. Like I don't remember what the other one was, but I had another one recently that was really good, but cow tipper. I dig it. You can you can ascertain, you know, kind of what it's going to taste like. I'm really digging this one. Yeah, this is really it good. It goes down easy. Oh, I'm, I'm enjoying it so much I've already put down half of my glass. This is a, a lot better than the 450 North that I had last night, which I texted you about. That's the Starburst. Yeah. You, I, I liked it, but it wasn't the best. No, it's it's not my favorite either. It's, um, it's definitely tasty. It's a little crisper and yeah. lighter than what you normally would expect from an IPA. But was it was it hazy like this? Was it juicy? I drank it from the can. 